Hello! This is Tamara. A girl in the middle, Titus to a mentor, encouraging women to love God and to love well in their home and family. I'm so glad that you've joined me back here today. Thanks for being here. Grab your coffee. Today we are going on a journey. Day 14 of 25 Days with Mary. Mary's first journey as Jesus' mother. In haste. This word, haste, probably conjures a negative connotation in your mind because we tend to use it as a bad thing. Who hasn't heard their grandmother or repeated her words? Haste makes waste. In scripture, the word haste typically refers to something done with urgency of time. Mary went to see Elizabeth with haste, in a hurry. She needed to get there with urgency. But that was easier said than done. Mary's first journey. Mary's first journey as the mother of Jesus was put into fast motion. And as soon as Gabriel departed, Mary was ready to leave too. As we consider what it meant for her to get from Nazareth to Elizabeth's home in Judah, it's, easily, it's easy to realize this trip was nothing like any of our own. I like what Logos has to say here. Excuse me, I was drinking my coffee. I hope you don't find that rude. I hope you join me. This is what we learn and read from Logos. And you can get the link on my um, transcript, my blog post. Mary came from Nazareth, a Galilean city west of the Sea of Galilee. See Luke one twenty six. Her journey from Nazareth to the hill country of Judah covered between 80 and 100 miles. Luke does not mention whether Mary made any preparations for the trip or how she traveled. She may have gone on foot or as part of a caravan. In Mary's day, a person traveling by foot could cover about 20 miles a day. If Mary walked to Elizabeth's home, it would have taken her four to five days. If she accompanied a caravan, she would have arrived in about three days. End quote. None of these facts dissuaded her. Mary had a mission, and it would start with a visit to Elizabeth. Luke 1, 39-40 In those days, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judah, where she entered the home of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. Life-changing news. Life-changing news. Have you received your own? I wonder what popped into your mind first. A pregnancy? An accident? A diagnosis? A debilitation? Learning of a loved one's critical illness? Or cancer? Or death? A generosity that traded your debt for financial freedom? A lost job? A new job? A big move? A burning down house? A new building up of a home? An engagement? In marriage? Another baby? The list is endless. Where did your mind go with the thought and of news of a big change? So often it goes to the negative, doesn't it? Is it reasonable to say that? 
It's there in trials and hardships where the biggest change in our own lives take place. Mary's big change. Do you think Mary's surrender to the Lord and her acknowledgement of her very name being blessed for generations to come made her big news any less hard for her? There's a lot to be said about the state of her mind in hard times. Mary's big change was just as big of a hardship in her life as are ours in our own lives today. She was indeed blessed and favored, but she was no less flesh and blood than are we. An unwed pregnancy carried a death sentence. And furthermore, it's not just that she would give birth to Jesus, remember? No. She would give him life and then watch him be rejected, unrighteously accused, forsaken, and murdered. And friends, that's heavy news for any mother, isn't it? We, I, I forsake to recognize God's grace in ways like this. Out of his love, he didn't have Gabriel tell Mary all of the sufferings that were to come, but she knew the coming Messiah to be born of a virgin was coming to die for his people. Details spared. Mary knew the news shared by God's angel was life-changing in a very big way. Sharing her news It makes sense, in my mind at least, that could be dangerous actually, that upon finding out she was pregnant with the Lord Jesus, she would seek out to talk to Joseph right away. My poor husband, though I've really grown in this area by God's grace, he would hear the very thought being formed come straight out of my mouth with any, potentially, big circumstance in my life. But Mary... She didn't even think to talk to Joseph. At least, we don't have any scripture saying she did. She headed for the hills, figuratively and literally. Girl talk. Tomorrow we will look further into their visit, but I want to settle here today. With her big news, Mary made haste into the hill country to see Elizabeth. Is there significance here? Well, of course, because God put it here for us to learn about. What do we know about Elizabeth? We know she was close to Mary, whether a cousin or some other relative, or maybe a very close friend. But I believe some kind of a relative is what the word cousin would be used for in Scripture. We know she loved and obeyed the Lord faithfully. We know she was a descendant from Moses and Aaron therefore Moses. We know she was married to Zechariah. We know she was quite old and certainly past the age of having children. And we know she was infertile in her childbearing years and therefore childless. Luke 1, 5 through 7, whose wife Elizabeth was a daughter of Aaron. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, Zechariah and Elizabeth walking blamelessly in all the commandments and decrees of the Lord. They had no children because Elizabeth was barren, and they were both well along in years.
the rest of her story. And we know the rest of her story. Luke 1, 8 through 17. Now it came to pass, while he executed the priest's office, before God, in the order of his course, according to the custom of the priest's office, his lot was to enter into the temple of the Lord and to burn incense. And the whole multitude of people were praying without outside at the hour of incense. And there appeared unto him an angel of the Lord standing at the right side of the altar of incense. And Zacharias was troubled when he saw him, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said unto him, Fear not, Zacharias, because thy supplication is heard, and thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John, and thou shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth. For he shall be great in the sight of the Lord, and he shall drink no wine or strong drink, and he shall be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb. And many of the children of Israel shall be turned unto the Lord their God, and he shall be, go before his face in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to walk in the wisdom of the just to make ready for the Lord a people prepared for him. Luke 1, 8-17 Where she was going, Mary made haste to where she was going. Two women who loved and followed the Lord without abandon in very different seasons of life, suddenly with more in common than not. Gabriel announced both of these miracles of birth one to Elizabeth's husband, Zechariah, and the other to Jesus' mother, Mary. And while he was at it, talking to Mary, he told her of her cousin's pregnancy too. God did that, and he had a great plan in it. He gave Mary a safe place to run to. He gave her a friend who was wise, godly, and willing. After five months of keeping herself hidden, Elizabeth opened up her home and her heart to her cousin, and at just this time. Mary was running to her friend's house. Wouldn't she have loved to be the fly on the wall? Too often, too many Christian women are more accustomed to running to the group of women to share news and gossip. But right away, we can wipe gossip off the possible avenues of conversation, simply because we know what character these women had and being busybodies was not part of them. Their meeting together was another divine appointment. Here, two women find themselves inside of Elizabeth's house and inside God's amazing story together. Oh, how sweet the fellowship must have been. I can imagine their blossoming relationship, including worship of their father and the Lord Jesus and the overflowing excitement as they chattered hours a day about pregnancies, babies, marriage, miracles, and God. Mary made haste, grace-filled encouragement. Grace-filled encouragement. Mary made haste, and, and she did it to meet the very encouragement that God had 
already made ready for her in just the time she needed it. He's faithful. Still the same God to you and to me this very day we are alive and breathing. Some of you barely breathing and holding on to your own life in a lot of ways. May you be encouraged. The God who made Elizabeth's impossible pregnancy happen did so in the exact time Mary would need her, her pregnant her, in her life for consoling, counseling, courage, and comfort. Comforter. Right here in the beginning of Jesus' birth story, we see the Holy Spirit with Mary and with Elizabeth. And at the end of Jesus' life story, we see his Holy Spirit again. And this time, he will come and be here to stay. The gift of comfort for those who know this very Jesus, born King of Kings. John sixteen seven. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. This is Jesus speaking to his disciples. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. John sixteen thirty three. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. Take courage. I have overcome the world. I'm praying for you with heavy hearts today, and I am praising God for His comfort. Thanks for being here. I'll see you tomorrow.